this morning because, you know, it is hard. We live in a world where relationships are uh, totally always pushed and everyone born into this world wants to have a relationship with someone. They want to be loved. And yet we find ourselves sometimes frustrated in trying to have relationships. And those of you who have been broken in relationships or experienced divorce or separation or something happening, even growing up, you know, it's a, it's a hard thing to go through. And then when you have these holidays that represent love and relationship and having someone care for you, it's really hard to, to feel alone. But I know putting God first, which is hard living in a natural world with all the distractions, when you put God first, he really does take care of you. He knows that you have relational needs. He knows what you uh, want even more than you do. And I, for me, it's been 35 years since I met Dory, and it was really this in February 35 years ago that you know God really brought us together. But I went through some really strong, hard years as a single young man um, waiting, you know, trying to really believe God that I was supposed to not be with anyone until I was married. And I was laughed at. I had people trying to introduce people to me. And I just really had a grace of God not to be involved in relationships and, you know, to just wait for that person. But I remember when, um, when it was that timing was coming, because I had been praying for 10 years. I had given that area to the Lord. And I remember waking up, and I've, some of you have heard this before, where God told me I was going to be married, and within two weeks, I met Dory, and it was, it was really different, because when God puts you with someone, it's the whole thing about getting to know that person, and you know, the title of my message today is, How Do We Come to Know a Person? And I have to say, even when God brings you the perfect person for you, because you're imperfect, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to get to know them and for them to know you. You make a lot of mistakes. You say a lot of things that are hurtful. You have feelings that you have no control over. And yet, God's grace helps you work out relationship. And um, I really thank God for Dory because she's put up with all of my weaknesses and all my sins that really got exposed when I got married to someone. It's interesting being in a relationship with a person, the good and bad in you gets exposed because you can only put up an image for so long. And if you're dating, you can keep that image up. When you get home, you can let down. But when you get married, there's no letting down. Who you are comes out. And so today, you have to hear me again. Leo was supposed to come. Leo and Doroth, Leo and Donna um, Kruger were going to come, but they had some emergency, and so they canceled out. But uh, I felt like God really put this message on my heart, and I've been really been praying about it and working on it. And uh, in fact, the Lord told me a week ago that they weren't coming anyway, so I was ready. But um, I want you to think about who do you know? And maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a friend. And think about, and think this week on this subject, how did I begin this relationship with this person? How has this relationship developed? How have I grown closer to the person? What happened in this relationship? What are the what are the strong points where you maybe had conflict with this person? Dory tells a story that I can't even tell, that she got in a fight over a friend uh, who was being mistreated, and she got in there and jumped on this other person because she felt like this this person, my friend, is a little skinny, scrawny girl, and and I can't stand that this big old girl is jumping on her, and so she jumps in and starts fighting with this other girl, and they became best friends. In fact, 
she's a Christian, and Dory goes and does a retreat every April in Montana with her. And in fifth grade. So I, I always ask her, that is really something. That's why Dory has this belief, too, that really to grow in friendship with someone, there has to become a point of conflict. And in that place of conflict, you're able to resolve and you get closer. So think about you know, who do you know and how, how is this developed and, you know, how is it growing? How did you come to know them? I think sometimes we start out with an introduction. Someone introduces us. And for me, with Dory, is like God introduced us. I remember being in, a, in that um, chaplain's meeting down at Santa Clara County Juvenile Hall and just knowing when, when we talked, just knowing God, like God said to me, this is the one. And I was thinking, like, this is so weird. I don't even know her name. And now you're telling me this is the person I'm going to get married to. And uh, just the awkward things we go through in getting to know someone, being vulnerable, how much do we share? You know, what point um, do I say something? And then we show, they, if you watch any Hallmark movies, they tell stories about people who tell too much, you know, and then the person is blown away and they say, ah, I can't handle you, you're too real. <laughs> or or but what about the different personalities? Some people are so relational that they draw you out. And I have to say, Dory was is a very relational person. I feel like she really drew me out too because of being more reserved, being more shy, being more... Uh, protective, guarded, that she and her personality kind of like helped draw me out and really initiates relationship. In fact, I can't get away with being shut down or anything because she'll go right there. What is going on? Let's talk. <laughs> you know, you can't get away. And that, that is really good, especially if you're a person that withdraws or if you're a person who's gone through maybe hurt in relationships and you need someone who's a little stronger to draw you out. Someone that... Uh, Maybe they don't intimidate you, but maybe their personality intimidates you. But there's something in them that will go to a place that no one else can go, and they, they bring you out. And it, and it ends up being a good thing because you're drawn into this place of being real. You're drawn into this place of really dealing with relational hang-ups or walls and barriers that have happened to you growing up that really God wants to change. Um, are you a person that shares your life experiences, and that's how you bonded with your friend or your spouse or, you know, someone that's really dear to you. Some of us take time in um, learning to know by just sensing, you know, using our heart, using our, our, our emotions, using our, our mind, using our whole person to really figure out, can I really trust this person? And that is a, a place of where we begin to share experiences. And it's interesting, Dory and I, we started, our first date was like at Denny's on Monterey Road in San Jose. And I think I had a Coke, I didn't even finish it. And that was big for me not to finish a Coke. Uh, and I think she had a glass of water or something. We d they didn't make any money on us that night. But we spent like probably two or three hours just talking about the Bible. We started out getting to know each other around Jesus Christ. And uh, sometimes for me, it was like a place to defer to because I had such a relationship with God since I was eight years old, since God revealed his love to me and, and changed my life. When he showed his love to me, it, it started something so deep in my spirit that um, I really lived on that. That sustained me, I think, even through my young adult years of just waiting for that right person and not wanting to, to um, you know, just 
hurt someone or hurt myself by being in a relationship and not being able to maintain it or have it. So it was like God's grace, but it, it, took, it took a long time to work things out and to learn to grow and trust God and then trust being in relationship with someone and, and sharing. But I remember we were driving um, in the Santa Cruz Mountains and Dora began to share her life story, began to share times of being kidnapped, you know, and uh, different things that she went through as a teenager with drugs and alcohol and uh, car wrecks. And, man, she used to, she, as she was pouring out uh, some of the fear that was attached to those relationships and those experiences began to come up. And so, actually, I didn't understand it, but God was actually doing a healing by me being in relationship with her where things were allowed to be triggered in her so that she could get healing. I was just overwhelmed. Like, I mean, my, I, mean I was like... I was just raised in church, went to church, was a good kid, clean church. I mean, I was always at church, you know, always just working, whatever. And when I went to work, I was just always working at work. And, you know, God began to show me that, you know, people go through extremely hard circumstances. They go through extreme brokenness. But God is a God who loves people, and he's about relationship, and he's about getting to know him. But then through us being people, being there for people that they can open up and share their pain, share the process of what they've gone through. And it's interesting, a lot of times when you can share those places that you don't share with anyone else, when you can share in a place of trust, that God actually brings healing to a place that was once just shut off, locked away, that you try to keep from going there because it's so painful. And God does a supernatural work of healing and transformation. And it's been like for us like 35 years. And the first five years were very hard. And I would leave sometimes our apartment because it's so intense, our relationship. And we both had such anger and hurt, like not knowing, wow, God, you called us together. But what is all these relational things coming up that we can't even talk to each other? And feeling that pain. You know, when you have God, but you're in pain and you wonder, why am I in this emotional pain? Where are you, God? That God gets you through those moments when it seems like he's not working. But as you can look back over the time and over the years, and you realize God was working, but he was bringing up what only he could bring up to allow real healing to happen. Um, Trust. Disclosing painful secrets. I remember Dory just telling me things. And I remember... I felt like this is the strongest thing I've ever heard Jesus talk to me in a strong way, like almost like angry... I was driving home after she had poured out her life to me. And I remember he said, I forgave her. Whoa. Like what she told you, dump it out. Take it to the trash. She's a new creation in Christ. And it's interesting that as Christians, sometimes we judge each other or, you know, we look at each other's lives from maybe a different perspective and we tend to maybe judge people. But I love the way God talked to me like that. Because he set inside of me something, a reality that maybe I hadn't experienced because of my life and my background, that God is a God of forgiveness. And God's love is so deep. And to know him is so important because he forgives us all of our shortcomings, all of our failures, all of our past. When he went to the cross, he took the sins of every person on him. Whether they claim them or not, that's up to them. But he already paid for their sins. It says, I was walking to church today and remembered, it says, Our names are inscribed in his hands. 
When those nails went in, when they broke flesh and the blood was released, it was for our sins and our names. It says, unless he, the Son of Man was be lifted up, he would draw all men to him. Our name, so personal. I'm thinking also today, you know, how you know, scientists are, are, are identifying all the things going on. What is our name like? What was our name like in his hand, in the DNA, in, in the blood, in, in, the, in the cells of his hands? How was our names inscribed when he went to the cross for us so that we might know him and we might have this intimate relationship with him? Can you explain the difference between knowing about a person and knowing the person personally? You know, a lot of times we start, we can know people from a distance or we can know about how we see them work or uh, some of the things that they've done or their gifts or their personality, but do we really know them? I, I think it's a challenge for us, especially those of us who are married. You know, a lot of times, you know, there are superficial things why we get married. You know, we want security, we want comfort, we want some kind of a sexual partner or whatever. But far beyond that, knowing a person is so much deeper than the physical. It's so much deeper growing and learning to know a person spirit to spirit, heart to heart through Jesus Christ, where it's not about the physical. It's not about anything you can get. In fact, it's in the most irritating places where somehow you just love this person. There's been times when we've been together just talking, and I just start crying because I cannot believe that I love my wife. I cannot believe that she would put up with me but God's grace is incredible of how he goes so deep inside of us and he teaches us how to know each other. But it all starts with knowing him. For me, my life started when I was eight years old, when God showed up and loved me, broke through all my selfishness as a little eight-year-old kid waiting for Christmas, that he just broke in and just poured his love into my heart. I will never forget that night. It was a Friday night in December. I just remember just the love of God. I was with my dad. Just the love of God just poured into me. I began to know God. I, I think it's the time I would say that Jesus introduced me to the Father. And I began to experience his love. I just felt that deep place, a place that was never touched yet. And I think that's partly what, what just has carried me all these years. I cannot get away from the love of God, that he loves me. And I know he loves everyone in this room, and he loves everyone in the world. But whether they're able to open up and receive it is another thing. And this intimate relationship is so important for us. That's why we're here today. And my desire and my prayer has been this week that you will grow deeper and deeper in your relationship with God and knowing who he is. And I'm thinking like, wow, I've been on this journey for like 56 years. And there's been highs and lows. There's been spiritual times when I felt like, wow. Can it get any better? Can I experience God in, in any more than I am now? <clears throat> then there'll be times where, where is you, God? Where is you, Jesus? Where is you? What are you doing? You know? And then he'll just come again. He'll just flood me with his presence. He'll just assure me that I'm here. I'm walking this out with you. I'll never leave you. There are times now in my 56 years of being a Christian where I'm going through something, and it's so overwhelming but then there's this faith that rises up. He always comes through. And I begin to say, thank you. I know this is not resolved yet, whatever this is, but I know you're going to show up again, and there's going to be another place where I can say, you, you were here. You took care of this. 
I was thinking yesterday, I was watching the news, and probably some of you heard, you know, there's that big car wreck, a 50 car wreck back in the snow back east somewhere, and I think three people were killed. And I was thinking, what were those people planning to do today? Where were they going yesterday to prepare for this Valentine's Day? And they ended up passing into eternity. Did they know you, Lord? Were they ready? And this is probably one of the most important days of the week that you're here because we're getting an opportunity to focus on a relationship with God through Jesus Christ and grow in knowing him. That's really all this life is about, is starting our relationship, continuing in our relationship, and growing deeper and deeper and deeper in knowing who God is. This world is such a, a, t- a temporal thing, and I, I love what Jerry shared just before the offering. We don't have, the, the, the temporal is so in our face, but the eternal is just right there. Again, talking about pressing through the veil in, in, in our mind, in our soul, and whatever distracts us, there's that veil that we need to press through to connect with the kingdom of God that is eternal, that's available to us because Jesus tore down the only petition there was, our sin. We can get into that place of receiving. We have to be better receivers, better appropriators of what God has for us. We need to be praying constantly, God, I want everything that you have for me. God, you help me because it's so easy to go from day to day and put other things ahead of you. God, help me to love you with all of my heart, all of my mind, all of my soul, and all of my strength. God, help me to serve you. Rick brought it up in the Bible study yesterday about, you know, we have certain things we hold up, but almost like we have to come to this place where we have to surrender everything. Even those things that hurt and trust that God is going to help us in this transition, that we let go of those things that are keeping us from putting us first. Jesus said in Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else that we need will be added unto it. When I rolled out of bed today, I thought to myself, I've had a new Camaro. It didn't satisfy. I'm married. I have kids. I have food. I live in a house. There's not one thing, God, I'm wanting. But what I want, God, I want more of you. I want to know you more. There's a deep, there's something deep inside that God awakened when Jesus Christ came into my heart. And it's this appetite to know God. And I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy with what I know. I want to experience God at a deeper level. I want us, when we come here on Sunday, to so experience God that it changes us. That we're so excited about how we're knowing God that we have something to tell other people. We have something to share with them about. There is something you're missing. You are working with people who are pursuing everything under the sun and they're not happy. There are people trying to win the lottery. There are people trying to get ahead in in, in the job. And you've probably been there and seen, yeah, you dogpile to the top and someone's going to dogpile on top of you. You step your way, you kick your way to the top and someone else is going to push you out of the way. I saw it in all the almost 30 years that I worked at an aerospace company. I saw people striving to get ahead, and I seen them get fired. This world is so temporary. It's so temporal. But what we have in Christ is so incredible. It's so eternal. It's so more, much more fulfilling. In John 6, 44, the Father introduces us to Jesus. Jesus said, No one is able to come to me unless the Father who sent me attracts and draws him. And gives him the desire to come to me. And then I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. What attracted you to Jesus? Was it a problem? Was it a situation? Or was it just a a, a need for God and you got into that place and you experienced God's presence and you bought in? You said, Jesus, come into my life. 
you died for my sins. I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to be born again. I want my spirit alive. I want to know you in a deeper way. Think about that. That was, that was whatever happened. What attracted you? What could you say attracted you to Jesus? We will pursue whoever we want to know. I mean, man, once I knew God was going to, I was going to marry Dory, I tell you, I could not get home from work fast enough, take a shower, and, and go and hang out with her till too late, and then I had to go to work the next day. I was barely eating anything. I was probably the lightest I ever was at that time. For about two or three months, I, was, I, was, I could fit into jeans I could never fit in before. My mom would say, aren't you eating anymore? Yeah, I eat. But who needs to eat when you're in love? Who needs to eat when, you're, when you found someone, when you found someone that is just exciting? That's the way Jesus is. Jesus is a constant excitement. If we allow our, our soul to move past the familiar, we get familiar, we get familiar with our spouse, we get familiar with our friends, and oh yeah, that's them. Good morning, Dory. You know, it's like that whole thing. <laughs> but Jesus, God, help me to see you. Help me to see you in a new way every moment of the day that there's a potential of this next thing I'm going to see you do that's going to help me keep embracing you with my mind, will, and emotions. But God, help me as I'm waiting on you every day, as I'm looking for you. He attracts, he draws us. We pursue the one that we want to know. Some of us are in dual pursuits. We know down deep we want Jesus, we need Jesus, but we're pursuing. We've got our hands on some other things. And it's like being double-minded. And we think, if I don't keep pursuing this thing, God's not going to let me have it. So if I kind of try doing, like kind of snow Jesus a little, I really want you first, but I'm after this over here. He can see our heart. It's better to just say, you know what, Jesus? I want you, but I got my eyes over here too. Help me, Jesus. Help me to trust you that you will give me what I want. And sometimes in putting Jesus first, you end up letting go of what you think you want because it's not the right want yet. It's not going to fill what God has for you yet, so you have to let go of it. I had puppy love when I was young. I had a couple of people I, I pursued very gently, but God said no. So I, okay. You know, Trusting God, it's the hardest thing because our life is going by and when we see people or opportunities or things, we think if I don't take advantage of it, I'm going to lose it. But putting God first brings this trust into play where you can trust God when he says no. And a lot of times, he doesn't say no really clear, but you have this thing going on in your spirit where you feel uncomfortable. That's Jesus saying no. And in our mind tries to say, well, maybe that's not really uh, Jesus, maybe it's just indigestion. Maybe it's my lunch. No. Chances are, if you're not feeling at peace, whatever you're going, whatever you're pursuing, that's Jesus saying, back off. You're, you're trying to take life into your own hands, and you're going to mess up. Not like God won't forgive us or, or help us turn things around or even go through consequences, but I think he wants to learn us to learn to trust him in a way where we can listen and know that he is going to direct and guard us. I want to stop right there. Enoch, would you just come and play? And I, I want you to stand right now. And I want you to, to think about this topic, and we'll probably pick it up next week. But God, think about relationship. Pray about your relationships.
Pray about God. You know, I, maybe I haven't really been wanting to put you first. Maybe I'm afraid of what you're going to say no to. That's being honest. God invites us into his presence. He invites us into this place of deep honesty, of searching our hearts. Maybe you need to wrestle with God. Maybe you need to come up here and just say, God, I don't know where I'm at. God, I'm, I'm messed up. Or God, I'm frustrated. Or God, I'm angry. Or God, I'm hurt. I'm here, but my heart's really not here today. I need you, God. I need some kind of a breakthrough. God wants to reveal himself to you today so that when you leave here, there's a peace and there's a, there's a new perspective can come over you that God's going to lead you. God's going to open up doors. God's going to show you what to do. Just, just come on up. Begin to come up. And if, you don't, if you're doing pretty good, you can just hang there. Be praying for people. Be praying for the people around you. The Holy Spirit's working. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you that you've given us the most incredible gift of yourself, that you loved us so much that you pursued us, that you wanted to know us, and now we have the opportunity from now through all eternity to grow deeper and deeper in our understanding of who you are. Move on us, Lord Jesus. You see us in the depths of who we are, in the depths of what has happened to us, in things done to us, in places that we've had to be our own protectors, in places that we've had to put up our own security. God, we ask you to be our peace. We ask you to be our comforter. We ask you to break through every place, Lord Jesus. I pray for people in this auditorium right now who have spouses, who have family, who have friends that are out there. And they weigh, the pain of that relationship weighs on their heart. And I ask, God, that you would bring peace. I pray that you would arrest those spouses, those friends, those family members that are out there, but they're bringing anxious hearts to people that are here. We're asking that you would do the miracles of drawing people to yourself, that they might begin to be healed and be restored. We're asking you, Holy Spirit, to go and extend the invitation to others today to come into your kingdom. Move, Lord, by your Holy Spirit. Break down the walls. Break down the barriers. God, break any strongholds of sin that are here represented in our congregation. People are wrestling with things and they feel shame and they feel guilt. They feel dirty. They feel like they're stuck between two worlds. I pray that you would free them in the name of Jesus. Free them from strongholds that happened through doors that were opened in innocence, Lord. Set them free to be able to have all that you have for them even to receive the person that you have in the future. Lord, you desire relationships and connection. You desire restoration. Come, Lord Jesus. Come. Don't be afraid just because I'm up your brand. Come to the altar. Some of you are going to find a release just by having people pray for you. I know it seems like a crazy thing, but there's just something when you hit your knees and you close your eyes, you're connecting to another world. You're connecting to that eternal world. Thirsty, oh, there's freedom. 